0: So the last couple of weeks, Ian and I have been developing a creature type and uh, there's been a lot of debate in our comment section about if it already exists or not. Oh, okay. And,
3: I was okay. like, where the fuck is this going? Yeah. I understand. So,
0: okay. So when I say cow folk, cow folk, cow folk, you know, okay. Like, like cows, folk, but for
4: cows. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm picking it up. Uh, do you think what what is your thought on that? What do you envision when I say cow folk? because I have a very particular thing in mind. Ian has a very particular thing in mind, but the rest of the magic community or at least in our comment section seems to have a very specific third thing in mind. I'm picturing something that I've never really seen before,
4: which <laughs> which I think would be more like a a merfolk but instead of a fish human hybrid it is a cow human hybrid yeah but i have many questions like is the body <laughs> built like a centaur where it's like the human torso with like a cow body underneath yeah. it or is it yeah. more like like a a bipedal is that what it means when you're on 2 so, feet you're bipedal and I like think, you just have some cow parts and like a milk tank kind of belly that sounds right. See, you're you're
0: describing it the way I envision it, which the is second
4: option or the centaur yeah, option. It, it
0: sounds it sounds like I envision a cowfolk to be Otis from Barnyard, like that. Okay, that is, yeah, something that is a
4: cowfolk. Like uh, in, that. That's just an actual cow,
0: though. No, but it, but but it's not, that's just listen, an actual cow that stands on two legs. We could we could make him more. Uh human, if you'd like, but I think the base skeleton, the like base okay. idea. Okay, conceptually yes. speaking. Yes. Okay. Because there's a lot of people in our comments section who have this idea that a cow folk already exists and that it's a minotaur.
4: Um, but a minotaur is something that's specific. It's not a cow. It's a what is the thing that the minotaur is? A human and a what specifically? It's A bull, which y- which is-, is not a cow.
0: Etymologically, I can't say that word. Um, Etymologically, yeah. Verbally speaking, (laughs) (laughs) it is functionally a male cow, but bulls aren't technically cows. They're like a. They're like the. They've branched off at some
4: point in science, haven't they? Like, there's a reason why we don't do the running with the cows. Now, now, hold on. We don't. But could we? No. First of all, first of all, if you've seen any videos on the Internet about cows, you know that they are the dogs of the farm and you Mm. don't see the same kind of videos about bulls. So (laughs) I would say that the Minotaur is not a cow folk. Also, the Minotaur typically is a legendary creature. In all mm. things that aren't Magic: The Gathering, the Minotaur is yeah. a legendary creature.
1: That is that is rather strange when when Magic does that. But I guess you know if you're creating an entire magical sphere of reality, right? Like it's you've got to eventually be. You like, want to
3: keep doors. Look, up.
1: they're all special. I get it. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when I when I when I search it up here, bulls are very mu- are sp- very specifically super muscular male. Cattle is what the the okay like
1: super, super tight
0: bros, just some, some yes bad cows. It just um, says bad cows.
4: <laughs> <laughs> then there's yes alpha cows, but really toxic TikTok content. <laughs> That. Every time I'm on the show, we don't talk about magic. I think that's
3: the trend. We're talking about alpha cows instead. Yep. yep. <laughs> talking <laughs> about alpha cows. Uh- Welcome, everybody. Oh, oh, man, my voice is really fucked up. So- <laughs> Welcome, everybody, back. This is the Minds Mindscapers podcast. Uh, I've got over here. These are my vitamins. You can buy these vitamins. <laughs> What's the equivalent of vitamins for, for, for magic players? Dice. Here we go. I've got these dice over here, these (laughs) spike feeder dice. They're great. They're not spike feeder dice. They're actually mine sculptor's dice, but they were misprinted with spike feeders on them. (laughs) It'll make sure that your stacks are in your winotas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Uh god.
1: You know, I, I have more questions than I started the podcast with today, and uh, I don't think any of them need answers, you know?
4: <laughs> they do. They do. Science just can't answer them yet. Yeah. yeah, science can't. Science can't handle this. Well, the problem
1: is science is controlled by the liberals, and we all know yeah, they're the no Science, is, oh, yeah, science is controlled
3: by that the communist killed. left. <laughs>
0: Oh my Top god. Top ten okay. things
4: the government doesn't want you to know.
0: <laughs> that voice <laughs> completely out of character, just me genuinely, right now. This is Caleb coming through the character of Callahan, even. It Sorry, Callahan. Just like, this is this is Caleb coming out who is just like, my voice just hurts from that.
3: Like, how?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the kind of raw
1: strength you need to be <laughs> in Alpha Cow. Yeah, Everything hurts cool. always. <laughs>
4: But nothing that doesn't hurt isn't worth doing. Yep, that's what my that's what my sensei told me before that's I punched That's exactly what
3: I saw a cow on TikTok say. <laughs> Unless it's change. Unless it's change. If it's change, it's bad. Come on. Nah.
0: So, last time I had Cam on this podcast, mm. before Ian was the co-host, and uh we did a little switcheroo, and uh, we did a little, a little Rick roll. You might a little
1: BNS bait and switch. Yeah. For yeah. Sure.
0: And uh, I'm here to tell you all do not worry. We are not going to do that again. Uh, there is no, there's no funny business going on. This is a completely serious on topic. Uh, professional. L- like I said about- last week, Alpha we are at the New like York 20 time. minutes. <laughs> What'd you say?
2: We just
1: talked about Alpha Cows for 20 minutes. And yeah, you exactly. should have a serious podcast. No, no, no.
0: It's a very serious podcast. It's very, very it's rigorous journalistic integrity of the Mind Sculptors podcast. And so Cam from Play to Win has joined us to come and give his thoughts on what the top 10 best decks for the month of October were. And uh Cam, how are you doing? To I'm the show. doing great.
4: You you called the right person if you wanted something serious. Yes, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm. Yes, I'm very serious. So this is going to be the most Cam serious thing as, I've ever as the done. The
1: straight man of play to win for sure. Yes, I'm definitely known. <laughs> I've
4: never. Never cracked a joke and I don't yeah. smile or blink.
1: <laughs> it was it was halfway through you that you kind of transitioned into like the intro to breaking news. The college humor of it where you're like, we're not allowed to smile or laugh. Like, oh, <laughs> geez, Yeah.
4: <laughs> Somebody well, wrote everything I, I'm going to say for me. I have a teleprompter <laughs>
0: here. So Grant O'Brien wrote our scripts this week. Yeah. <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, October was a wild month. Uh, there was uh, a bunch of major tournaments in October, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, if you don't follow me, at Callahan is here. I release a monthly uh, like deck standings where I go through and I pull the uh, stats for the month from EDH Top 16, post what the results were for everybody. Uh, yep. And that is just kind of raw data to kind of help inform some of these decisions yeah. and so you can check oh. that out it's my pinned tweet mm-hmm. uh but if- i think it is also worth mentioning
1: for this month specifically yes. um that we have two tournaments um one which cam helped organize
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the other one which i was told i'm responsible for most of the attendance for uh being LotusCon con and the the play to win uh tournament what was the official name for that camp
4: uh, it was just a tournament at our, at our LGS Cloud City Games. Yeah. I don't think we had a name for it.
1: Yeah, but you guys got sixty-four players, right? The full cap.
4: Yeah, we 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 hit yeah. cap, which was which was great. Sick. Yeah, and so
1: then that and uh, LotusCon, which was the largest attended EDH tournament uh, in the U.S. to date, but also not on EDH Top Sixteen. Although <laughs> on this podcast, you may have heard that they have the information ready and available. Uh, all that being said, so the EDH. Top 16 data for this month is a little skewed when it comes to yep. big results because we're missing two reasonably sized tournaments on on yep. there, which is a little interesting. Um also I think just the fact that the invitational happened, I think some of those data points will be throwing some of like the things that we know off. Uh, although I know in general we tend to filter for larger attendance tournaments.
0: Yeah, we we uh uh filter uh from the 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 statistics to make the standings, just so you are aware. Uh, for those at home is uh, the tournament size needs to be above 50 Uh, Uh for a deck to make it into it it needs to have 10 or more entries over the course of the month so Mm -hmm. if it doesn't show up on my standings that's not a indictment on the quality of the deck it's just it's not showing up Uh, Mm -hmm. it needs to hit 10 if it can't hit which I feel like is a really low floor right um so yes and
1: yes and no right like i I think it's pretty easy to argue that the the mox masters invitational winning deck like probably could miss that you know what i mean
0: well and it did it did miss that it it did not make the standings and so it's like but that's also why i think it's important too when i go through and i talk about those things i contextualize that Mm -hmm. because it's very like you can see that and think oh well this is this deck's garbage but in that thread i talk about this deck has been played four times over the past like two months. Yes. So yeah. it's like, it's not, not a lot of entries. information. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. It's just there's no, it, there's no hard data to support that deck mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so without more than 10 entries, I can't right. really give you a great idea of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is some context on there. It breaks everything down from how many games were played, mm-hmm. win, loss, draws, win percentage, all that shit. Um, But like I said, you could go over there. It's pin tweet on Callahan is here on Twitter or (laughs) X, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, And uh, so whatever it is,
1: it will give it to you.
0: It will give it to you. (laughs) And uh, with that being said, uh, let's get into (laughs) our rankings for this month. Now with context, our power rankings are not standings based on like performance there. We use that to help inform some of the decision-making we do. But in all, a lot of this is kind of like how we feel about where things are at. And so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of interpreting the data and interpreting how things are going and giving our opinion on those things. So with that being said, uh, we're going to start with our guest, Cam. And do you have any honorable mentions for the month of October?
4: I actually do have an honorable mention for the month of October. And it's actually the deck that won our Cloud City Games event. Um, And that's Rocco was yeah. a deck that I haven't been seeing as much recently, even though it's a deck that I've been playing. I haven't been playing it as much recently. Um, and it's definitely a deck that has kind of made a comeback a little bit, I want to say. I know it started off really strong, fell off a little bit more, but it's kind of starting to see some more top 16 standings and um, losing to it in the top 16 of the Cloud City Games event also was pretty eye-opening. Um, mm-hmm. did you know that Boromir mm-hmm. counters things if you don't spend mana on them yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I I forgot about that twice during that game uh, so there, it just, <laughs> it's just it's Lavinia that's what it is
0: it's yeah, it's, it's, not at all.
1: the real is in my local local group here and uh, I, I did have an exact situation where I was like casting early consultation realized it wasn't going to resolve and I was like <laughs> alright what if I get like I don't know a mana crypt and they were like oh yeah sure you can go get a mana crypt and I played it and <laughs> then the Boromir. And I was like, oh come on.
4: <laughs> yeah, that card, has, design, <laughs> that card just has
0: design, kid. That card just has
4: <laughs> sneaky text on it like that. Yep, that yep. you know, I'm never gonna get got by anymore after this. But um yep. the, the deck does super well. I mean, <laughs> any deck that can jam like an early Drenith magistrate and like be able to control the board until you put your super easy to assemble combo together mm-hmm. is super mm-hmm. appealing. Uh, yeah. I'm lower on it now just because it doesn't have blue and I've I've missed blue more um, but yeah. I, I it speaks for itself in how well it performs now so yeah. definitely like Rocco there's just going to be more and more good cards that it's going to see over mm-hmm. time so that's my honorable mention
0: I love that deck it's a really good one we know Michael here from uh, the mono white guys is a big 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 fan of that deck so yeah uh, I've definitely seen my fair share of Rocco to between yeah. him and surreal. I, uh, saying, I
1: play Surreal a lot. Yeah. So I, I'm very familiar <laughs> with this Procco deck.
0: <laughs> yeah, they played uh, very Ian. well. They played very well with it. Yeah. Ian, uh October, so in September, your honorable mention was Kirk mm-hmm. or Kerrick, son of Yogmoth. What is your honorable mention this month?
1: Well, I uh, apparently I'm gonna keep a theme of mono black decks. Uh we're we're talking about Varagoth, the the blood sky sire. The uh <laughs> The honorable mention for that. sure. They they showed up three three copies of basically the same deck with like one card different. Um, they took three of the top sixteen of the uh, Utah tournament, which name is Salt City, I believe was yeah. that one. Salt City Rock Salt, yeah. Uh, so a top four placement and two top sixteen placements from this varagoth list. It's um, it's literally just like CDC Fishbowl. Uh, it has a total mana value for the entire deck of thirty seven. So you cast an ad nause and you draw the entire deck. <laughs> it's the whole deck. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the entire mana value for the entire deck is exactly thirty seven. I think some of them are actually at like thirty two. Uh, so like, yeah.
0: <laughs> the whole point. Brog- is you, you-
3: what are you doing? What do you mean? Yeah. You you can get your.
4: Come
0: on, guys! <laughs> you can get that curve lower. It yeah. can and do that it.
4: Includes ad nauseum, right? Like that's like the total for the deck. So it's like yeah, ad nauseum, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then. Mm-hmm. It like brings it down by five.
1: Yep. So the I'm looking at the the top four deck right now. Uh, the total mana value with ad nauseum is 36. That's so
4: crazy. 31. 31. That's crazy. Now this was yep. one tournament, right? Like these, this all yeah, came yeah, from yeah, one yeah. tournament, right? Yeah. 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 So I, I'm like,
1: i like, I talk with the the tos of this tournament a good amount because I've done some coverage for their stuff before, and like <laughs> they're like hey so just you know these people have shown up to a bunch of these tournaments uh, they think this deck is the truth for some reason it hasn't gotten out there but you know clearly the results prove that they're at least pretty good and i'm like yeah
0: fair it enough seems like it's a very <laughs> regional deck you know what yeah I mean? yeah like
1: yeah
4: a bunch
0: of friends are working on, on it yeah, though.
1: yeah. I, like this is a this is something i would not be surprised to see like Allen's leave up one day and, and play on stream a bunch <laughs> this is, it gives me like that energy a lot you
4: know yeah <laughs> Yeah. Thinking about it like conceptually, it's really easy to set up very consistent, like turn three wins with it. It's yeah. easy to get Yargoth, Varagoth, Var- what 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 is what is their name? Varagoth. Var- Whoever Var-Goth. they are. It's easy to get them into play on turn one, easy to attack yeah. and boast on turn two, yep. and then relatively easy to set up the turn three ad nauseum off mm-hmm. of like one dark ritual, yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think if, if your table can't stop or interact with your creature attacking in three turns. You get a pretty good chance.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty silly. And like it's funny, they get to play like Ornithopter and stuff like that, and you're like, okay, well, why wouldn't you just play more lands? And it's like, well, no, no, no. Those sacked your calling the week, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> see, see what these are is these are actually rituals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh that's awesome. Uh, my honorable mention for mm-hmm. the month of October is I'm at I'm breaking the streak. Uh, so this will be the first time since June that I have not had a, a Demir deck. deck as yep. my honorable mention. Whoa, and, uh, I'm here for history. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, my honorable <laughs> mention for this month is Malcolm Kettis. Uh, Like I said, I, I have a hard time putting it in my top 10 right now, uh, just because the data is like so small for it at the moment. And because of that, I'm just kind of like, Hey it's really good keep your keep your eyes out on it uh mm-hmm. and this is something that I think people should pick up but until like a ton of people get their hands on yeah, it yeah. it's really hard to say like this decks the truth when right mm-hmm. now like five people have played it yeah. so it's like you know how how good is it, is it really
1: all i can think of is just Elton John is just like hold me closer, samurai dancer. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> he's the only one playing the deck, but honestly, he's 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 making it look good. So
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I have genuinely thought about sleeving that deck up because I, I mm-hmm. like I keep looking at it because I've done all this like a lot of my job because uh, of our format change into doing power rankings has turned into mm-hmm. just constant data collection, yeah. and so I look at deck lists like constantly. And I keep looking at this deck list over and over and over again. And I'm just like, this deck looks like it looks like it's right up my alley, like my Mm -hmm. type of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I also am just like. I want to see how it does in more general hands. Specialized pilots can take anything anywhere and do really well. Uh, So let's see how it goes out. Keep your eye on it. Maybe try it because um, you know it's in great colors so who knows? I lost to it at Vegas
4: there was someone that played against uh played it against us at Vegas and I uh, did very well turns out getting
0: three lotus petals a turn is yeah
3: pretty good mm. you would
0: one it, it, it appears so yeah um but with that being said let's hop into this top 10 so uh kim uh your number 10 let, let I, i'm gonna go over here real quick I'm gonna go to oh I don't have i do i have Tyler's number ten now. This is all the way back from May. Ooh, okay, I yes. Mean, oh, this is so exciting. this is all this is all the way back from May. So, his number ten was Kirk, son of Yagma. Dude, is right. what do you constantly overvaluing
4: Kirk, man? I, I that's I, don't tell him I said that, but he's no, constantly super afraid of that deck. <laughs> I remember the one game we
1: all played where I was like, I just played Crick and I just cracked the LED into to, to play the plate up here, and you were like, "I'm playing Nimrodus and I have four men open." <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: oh my god! Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, I get it. He's a Kinnan player, and the scariest thing well, for Kinnan players just playing really fast. So I get so, it. So his
0: think. his top ten in May. So this is months ago. Was yeah. Kierik at ten, Kinnan at nine. Magda at eight, Tivit at seven, Rogsai at six, Bark Sakashima at five, Thras Bruce at four, three was Najila, two was Winota, and one was Timnacrom. I don't so hate that list. I think it's aged like milk.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Winota at two yes. is a
0: shot. Like, uh, <laughs> well, I guess right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind uh, of funny, yeah. But overall, uh so your number 10, Cam.
4: My number 10 I'm is assuming another deck. it's not Crick. No, it's not Crick. No, it is a monocolor deck, and it's another okay. deck that I recently took apart. Uh mm-hmm. I have Magda at number 10. Okay. And Magda at number 10. I saw it somewhere it made top sixteen in a tournament on um EDH top sixteen. Lo-con. Yep. Khan mm-hmm. right there. And it also made top sixteen at the Cloud City event. And I actually, it was my game loss in the Swiss rounds as well. Uh, me and another player on the pod kind of punted that game. And it's, I've played a ton of Magda and it's still a deck you can easily punt against because who knew they were going to get two God Pharaoh statues. That card is nuts. And the second one is just even more disgusting.
0: Wait, um, plus, plus four to all your spells is part. Yeah. And it's only getting more tools <laughs> that we're
4: seeing in Ixalan too. I don't want to spoil anything for your set review that's coming up later, but there's going to be some Magda cards that are coming out. So it's only going to get better and it's still (laughs) going to be very difficult to play against this deck properly. Um, I think it still deserves some respect.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message
0: and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, Magda is one of those decks that uh, it's kind of like Malcolm Kettis in a way because it, it also like th- during the month of October, like didn't see enough entries to make the standings and actually dropped out of the standings where it saw a bunch of play in September for some reason. And then October, it didn't see as much play. Uh, mm-hmm. So it kind of like fell off a little bit, but yeah, I Magda is one of those decks. I I had somebody in my Lincoln uh play group who played Magda a lot and I would literally sit there during our games. And as soon as you would land that, I was like, Hey, we need to remove that. Hey, we need to remove that. Hey, we need to remove that. Hey, and know, that's people the reason are,
4: why I ended up taking it apart. I want to have a he, fun deck to play with the commander all the time. You have to
0: be good at politicking when you're playing that deck because you have to be able to like in like Jedi mind trick the table into thinking you're not a problem when in fact you are very much a problem. And so it's it, that's one of the things about that deck where he'll just sit there to be like, what? what? It's just a magnet. I don't have any treasures. I do have anything. And then the next turn he drops, you know, one dwarf or whatever. And then the game's over and so it's don't like it, it can be very explosive around and just, uh, just <laughs> it went out of nowhere <laughs> yeah
1: I, I will say magda i've never had more respect for it than i did at lotus Con. and let me find the name of the pilot but like the way they played it and it was actually someone i did a, a coaching session with that week and it was like hearing them talk about the deck i was like i don't think anyone's put this much thought in the magda like period anyone <laughs> yeah uh, and then when I actually like played against them in the top 16 I was like oh wow you like play this like a mono red control deck mm-hmm. and you don't overcommit and like did you just proceed to like not overcommit into the win like 6-7 times and had I Cause I went for it into like a lot of interaction and had I not had like six counter spells, they would have just untapped one. And I was like, I, there was literally nothing I could have done about it either. I was like, this, yep. you made this deck look sick.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think in general, like CEDH as a whole still thinks of Magda as this like turbo style deck. That's just trying yeah. to jam the win really quickly. But right. all of like the best pilots have switched over. Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to make some people feel bad by saying that, but all, like most of the best pilots have switched right. over to, this stacks version of the deck yeah. that is exactly as you said ian it, it plays a little bit yeah. more in the hand instead of just trying to jam out everything it's a lot more yeah. timing based and it's a lot more strategic than just trying to jam it really quickly yeah. so modern
0: that um, kind of makes me think of like legacy mono red prison in a way Like it's part mono of the reason red is why i love it i love and, mono red prison yeah yeah
1: yeah I wish it felt closer to that for me, but I, I yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah,
4: I wish I could play multiple Blood Moons, so I had a much better chance of getting like a turn one Blood Moon or yeah, a turn one know, something.
1: I, I'm right there with you, bud. I'm right there with you. And but then, and for the one person in the audience it's going to be like, uh, well, we have Bagus of the Moon. Yeah, it's two in a hundred, okay? Yeah, two and a hundred. That's a lot it different. It's not redundancy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so, Ian. You're number 10. Last month, you had niv Mizzet Baroon. What do you have this month? Mm,
1: yes. Well, keeping with my theme of two color control decks, let's talk about Talion, the Kindly Lord. Yes. Um, people have been showing up Italian, doing really well with it. I think it's it's not the best deck in the format, um, but it's a very solid blue-black deck, and you have a that Study in the command zone, so there's only genuinely so bad that can be. Uh, I see a lot of people like over committing into like the Italian game plan. And they're like, Oh, I can never win games when like the people who I'm actually seeing like do really well with the deck are like, no Italian is an engine, right? It's yep. an engine that helps you get there. So they're playing, It's
0: the pivot you know, problem,
1: right, right. They're playing the notion thieves. They're playing the shoulders. Like they're playing things that actually end the freaking game. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then they're turning the corner and controlling the hell out of the game Italian. And I think that's like <clears throat> definitely the way to go about it. I think some some pilots and players are getting it better than others. And, uh, uh, you know, second place player for all of LotusCon Con was on Italian and uh, they earned nothing but respect for me in the way they were playing the yeah. game. Um, just genuinely really sick to see the deck doing well, because I I think it's like, you know, if, if you want to like, let's say like a, a good blue black deck. I'm, I'm really tired of blue black scepter outlets like this is a sick blue black, <laughs> deck, you yeah. know? Like, this is the blue black deck I can get behind. It is, it is an advantage engine. Like, let's let's play these controlly games. Let's name a number, see what happens. You know, like that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I like.
4: I've been playing a lot of Nimrus because it's kind of the same thing. Just like a yeah, blue-black it is, commander that's yeah. also a card advantage outlet, too. Mm-hmm. Um yep. and I, I've really liked that direction instead of playing an outlet, oh, wow. instead of getting like no advantage from my command zone. Yep. If you're gonna be in blue-black, Talion or Nimrus are the way to go. And yeah, I think different. I think I just haven't caught on to how good Talion is quite mm-hmm. yet but I have seen it draw a ton of cards and I think I'm yeah. just undervaluing the hell out of it. I think you, this entire like uh current cast of this podcast
1: is very demure heavy. Like I think yeah. I think all three of us would sleeve up Nimrus tomorrow to a tournament.
4: Yep. <laughs> like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> if I didn't play uh, Kenrith at uh the Kennerith.
0: Cloud City event, I was definitely playing Nimrus. I feel well, that. Yeah, yeah. Ex- excuse <laughs> you. I I I, I am definitely an Azorius mage before I am a Demir mage. Let's be real. Oh, my God. Come on. Come on now. Uh, well, <laughs> I might I might play blue black, but I'm playing it like it's blue white. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, I also have Talion at number 10. Uh, it moved up from my honorable mention last month. i moved it up here to 10. Uh, the one note I do think is important is it did have kind of one of the more sheepish win percentages of the month uh right around 14 percent, which is not great uh that does also not include the uh lotus con uh data which i do think is important because there were a couple decks there that were italian decks that did particularly well so i do think that does shape that narrative a little bit uh but i do think it is important to point out that the win percentage on the deck is like it dropped eight spots on my standings this month. Mm. Uh, But I do think overall it's continuing to show up and it's continuing to uh, when I, if I were to dig up the Lotus con stats and compile them into this, which it's just too much work. But uh, if I were to do that, it would definitely bump this up so that it's closer to mm-hmm. around a twenty percent win percentage, which is where I want to see a deck. That's about the average win percentage for a deck in these standings is around twenty percent. So, like, mm-hmm. that's about mm-hmm. where I want to see a deck be. So, yeah, uh, I like I like where Italians at. I think it's still getting figured out. I still think people don't have exactly what the sauce is yet. But Mm -hmm. I think we're getting there, and I think there are people who are getting closer, uh, and so I'm very excited to see exactly the more we develop this deck because I think it's a really cool archetype of deck. Agreed. Uh, Cam, moving right along, your number nine for the month. I don't know how happy I am with my number nine, but it's locked
4: in, so it's too late now. (laughs) It's uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have Thracios brews at my number nine. All right. Um, i I've historically really liked Thrasios Bruise. Um, I've done I've done pretty well with Thrasios Bruise before. And I think right now i just just um, letting my personal feelings get in the way a little bit here. But I'm putting it at number mm-hmm. nine. Uh, this color mm-hmm. combination is still very good. I still love playing Dockside Extortionist. I think Dockside Extortionist is very good. And the builds that are more around Dockside Extortionist I think is um, a, a great way to go. It, it's hard to not want to play a Dockside Extortionist deck. Right. And yeah. um, when you play all the best Dockside Extortionist cards, you get Thrasios Bruise. So
2: mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, it's it still makes top 16s. That's part of the reason why I don't feel bad yep. about having it here at number nine. But it's right. certainly not higher than this because of, uh, well, a lot of other decks proving themselves to be a little bit better now. So yeah. Thrasios Bruise it is.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weirdly positioned deck in the metagame right now. Um, I've been doing like, if there is one thing I am doing in my free time, it is trying to rebuild this deck from the ground up. And I've done it like six or seven times. Um, And I still haven't felt good about like just bringing up to a tournament because I get to the point where I'm like, okay, you know, build it this way. All right. It's really good at doing X, Y, and Z thing, but let's not, overcommit into this game plan because then this is just a bad kenrith deck right and then i'll, I'll do that with a different archetype and like it, it just keeps doing that um and the the sad answer is thrasios is just really poorly positioned right now right consistent mana engines are really poorly positioned because bowmasters and board wipes are at an all-time high right mm-hmm. so every time you're like oh yes i've developed my mana dork and then some person with the Ristic study is like, I'm going to keep drawing cards. You can snipe the Thrasios as much as you want. He's like, okay, cool. You know, the Thrasios is the thing keeping us from losing. Right. And they're like, no, it's on the board though. And I have a bow masters here. So what else am I going to be doing? (laughs) Uh, You know, as opposed to taxing the Ristic study player with their life. Um, So that's, that's the pattern. We just keep seeing it. And we talked about it a lot at this podcast already. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's why I keep recommending Shieldred to people is because Shieldred punishes the Ristic study players very aggressively. Cal, (laughs) What I said that doesn't help Thrasios count. It doesn't, it also hurts Thrasios actually But um,
3: yeah. I but play 50 overall, lands
4: in my Thrasios decks Now so suck on that <laughs> <laughs> Getting around God, that 99 line. lands 99 <laughs>
3: lands in my Thrasios deck, get wrecked. Uh, <laughs> no one expects Velikin Thrasios Nobody <laughs> Scape ship Thrasios, the new hot tech Coming out of play to win <laughs>
4: Yo, is that the way you're rebuilding it, Ian? Because that sounds yeah. like a great way to go. <laughs>
0: you got me, man. Nice. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, Ian, uh, your number nine for the month of October.
1: Whoa, thank you. God. It was last I, month. I, uh, it was
0: Malcolm Timna.
1: Mm, yes, that one has moved. Uh, <laughs> I have an asterisk on this one because it involves one partner and doesn't really care what the other one is. Uh, okay. And the answer is Tavesh plus... No, no, no. Uh <laughs> <laughs> something.
2: Uh, something. One of them.
1: <laughs> we lost Cal.
4: <laughs> it has to be something, though, right? Like, not, it can't just oh, yeah, be yeah, like yeah. mono black tennis.
1: Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's actually, thank you for clarifying, Gabe. It cannot be <laughs> nothing. <laughs> the Vesh plus anything. <laughs> the plus prismatic piper. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The wet sock plus the Vesh. <laughs> oh, my God uh I'm good but yeah Devesh my is, dog just came like, over to check on me um
1: <laughs> she's looking so got, at me
0: like are you okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have Sharky who's been doing like Kram Devesh stuff for 7,000 years right um and is like if you look at literally Kram Devesh on EDH top 16 especially it's just like their name over and over and over and over yep. and over again right um that and like one other person and that's like all and well and good and like clearly they've been doing well and consistent with the deck, right? Um but that on top of that, uh they were in the invitational last weekend, uh, which they made top sixteen. And then in the C E D H Open, there were three separate Tavesh decks, two Kroms, one Thrasios. And I was just like, Wow. Yeah, this card's pretty underplayed, I assume. <laughs> um you know, the biggest problem with Tevesh is that like it's a big target that can be like Guardianship, right? Which which does suck. And if you look at a card like Krom, obviously it gets around that problem. Um but the upside is like a really consistent powerful mana engine and then you know if the game starts to grind out if you ever get to that ultimate like the ggs like there's nothing else you can do about it right so it's a it's a solid card does a lot of powerful stuff the Tavesh is my number nine spot it's Uh, good number
4: nine i didn't know we could do
0: singular partners maybe i would have well we generally don't but ian really likes to ian really likes to make it up as he goes Uh, they're more guidelines you know they're more like guidelines (laughs) Uh, my number nine is uh, Malcolm Timna dropping three spots Uh, Malcolm Timna dropped from the standings in October it did not hit the 10 deck threshold uh, or the 10 entry threshold Uh, I still think that what I said last month stands pretty firmly true that it is a good and well positioned Esper deck and yeah that's 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 how i feel about it it just people Mm -hmm. didn't play it it's like one of those decks that people will like all decide that they're going to play it at a tournament or two Mm -hmm. and then it like spikes really hard and then it just disappears off the face of the earth for a while Mm -hmm. and then it all of a sudden it's back but i i'm keeping it here at nine because this deck that I think is still I like I think it's better than Italian and it's like mm-hmm. saw enough play that I I feel okay saying that I I think it's in my top ten still. Yeah, yeah, I I
4: I think that's really fair. It's just like a mini blue farm. Yeah. yeah, mini blue farm without red, and that's that's really great. That's basically what Tivit is. So this is
0: just another flavor of that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Cam. What is your number eight? Number 8 is a deck that
4: historically play to win has not liked so much but mm-hmm. it keeps doing really well in everyone else's hands. Um this is uh, attracts a grand unifier. Mm. Um this is a deck that uh I don't know. I feel like we've seen do very well in tournaments, but me with my own eyeballs haven't seen it do as much as maybe a lot of other people have seen. And I'm it's a big, a I'm a big agree, like but... scene is believing" <laughs> so, kind of guy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. like when, like uh, until it spanks me a ton, like I don't respect this deck as much as maybe I should yeah. be. But from the amount of top six scenes it's getting like again this this is in uh, Esper plus some other really good value mm-hmm. pieces that you might yeah. want. It really is just playing a bunch of great cards, and I love Food Chain more than like any other card imaginable. Mm-hmm. Um, so a deck that can just like use that as a side win condition, I mean, it yep. it doesn't feel like it's main plan. It just feels like this mm-hmm. little backdoor thing pack-ish. you can go into.
1: Yeah. Now, now I want to be clear here. Cam has called to the Mind Sculptors audience that Cam needs to get spanked. So you need to yes. spank Cam for him to believe.
0: Yes. And, <laughs> so here, here's something I want to address about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because it I was just
0: found factory. out during Mox Masters. I did not know uh-huh. this before Mox Masters, mm-hmm. yeah. but evidently the Atraxa, like Discord server, like playgroup, mm-hmm. oh, hates say, yeah. our podcast because <laughs> we say effectively what you just said, uh, <laughs> but also keep putting it in our top 10 month after month after month after month after month. And I, I literally, I, we were at Mox Basters and I was just like, oh, I didn't know I was living rent free in that, in their heads too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I thought that when I was coming on here and saying that Attrax is one of the 10 best decks out of thousands, that would be a compliment. <laughs> but evidently, my critique of saying what you said is this terrible, <laughs> awful thing. And this, oh,
4: is, I this know, is I'm not I, I've never been on their discord. They might be saying the same fucking shit about well, us over there. Here, too. Here, oh, yeah. <laughs> here's
0: the thing, though, Cam, you and I share a very like a large amount of opinions. And I will hear you say so, like even some things that I don't even agree with. Some of the most like wild shit sometimes on your podcast and get no pushback from the community over it. And I will say the most
3: benign thing on our podcast. And it's like, we got to prove Kyle wrong. We got to prove him wrong. Like Kyle thinks the wrong side's not the best deck in the format.
4: I don't know. I guess I'm just never wrong, and I've yet to be wrong. So, I <laughs> guess I think if we're looking at the data, that's what it shows. And I have exclusively <laughs> right opinions. And not even if are here, like, look, just, I'm not a mathematician, right? but if they <laughs> the numbers don't <laughs> lie, <laughs> if it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck and it walks like a duck. <laughs> I must be. I must be right. So it sounds like it tracks us spot on at number eight. Spot on at number eight. I love it.
1: Uh, <laughs> eight. I like this new methodology of it. If it looks like a duck and smells like a duck, I must be right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good.
4: <laughs> nice. I implied a lot of science in, behind that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ian, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. What is your number eight?
1: oh boy so it's another part no i'm kidding uh it's it's tivet um tivet all right yeah tivet has had a quite a fall from grace but as i felt when i was playing it in mox masters like people are just and i'm hearing this from a lot of my coaching patrons too Just like people are just treating Tivit like it's like the Antichrist. And if it ever resolves, the game will end in a fiery ball of hatred. Is that not what
4: happens when it resolves? (laughs) I grew up hearing that that's what happens when it resolves. So
0: Ian can attest to this. At Mox Masters. I I did this a couple times. I think I might have said this last week. But I I was in a situation where I had a bunch of open mana open. I was at a Mm -hmm. table and uh, we're sitting there playing and they're like, well, you're going to play Tivit next turn. It was like on turn three. And I look at the table and I go, you all told me pregame, right? That you're fans of my podcast. You listen to every episode, right? They go, yeah. And I go, when on this show have I ever advocated for windmill slamming Tivit? And they were like, oh, yeah, good point. And it's just like, I I get that people are hating Tivit and that's like making it go down a little bit, but that's also like they're also losing to other decks because of that, because they're just Mm -hmm. like hyper focusing on one singular deck. Ian had this experience at at Invitational where people Mm -hmm. were just like hyper focused on that and were completely not paying attention to other actual threats at the table. And they're just like, I don't know if it was like
1: yeah and like the part of it wasn't even just that part necessarily right like it's also the aspect of like it's just a a second too slow right like at the highest tables in the format right it's just a little too slow and that's the problem i have with tibet is that like occasionally you need to turn the corner in a game and i'm talking about like I don't like Tivit's in the top ten, right? Like it, it deserves to be in the top ten very easily, right? Mm-hmm. It's just when you're at those like top tables playing against really good players, there's only so many opportunities you're allowed, right? You're you're allowed like 13 seconds worth of spell resolution, basically, right? Right. And if you can't take advantage of those 13 seconds, it's like, oh well, you lost it. Sorry, should sure resolved. Nothing you can do about it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the the six counter spell fight happened and one of your opponents missequenced that counter spell fight and that's it sorry and it's like that's that's the margin of error you're allowed when you're like playing at the, at the like top tables at a tournament right yeah. so when tivet can't capitalize on those 13 seconds on that minuscule opportunity that's what just takes it from like okay it was number three number two for a while and now it's just down to like that number seven spot right yeah. it's not it's not bad by any means, still a very powerful CDH deck. Has one card combo. Has vast historical, Oracle concentration Constellation. Has multiple combos in it. Well,
0: you it know that because you said this, there. though, that the, the Cabal people are going to take this and run with it, and they're going to say that Tivit's the worst deck in the format now.
1: You know, so, if they do, that's their opinion, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to change it.
0: <laughs> Tivit at number eight. Uh My number eight is Dargo Thrasios, moving up two spots. Dargo Thrasios is a deck that I think is I keep wanting to build this deck I literally have all the cards like sitting Mm -hmm. over here in a pile that I pulled and like I had like acquired like months ago and Mm -hmm. I just have not put it together yet and I keep meaning to but it's like one of those decks that every time I see it get played I'm always impressed by it and it had a pretty good month uh where was it like had three top 16s out of 14 entries so like a 21% top 16 percentage is not bad uh -hmm. and then also made a top four which isn't bad and so right around a 23% win percentage is a little bit above average and yeah I I like the deck I think it's well positioned I think teamer I've said this before that teamer is a great like boober color pie to be in and uh, yeah, I, I just, I really like what Thracius is bringing to the board right now. So Dargothrasius is at number eight. Number seven for you, Kim, what do you got there? Number
4: seven is a deck I'm playing right now. It's a good old Kenny. Kenrith, the returned king. Okay. Um, I don't know. I really like Kenrith. It is doing the, the best of everything that you want to do. In every color, you can do whatever you want with it. That's what, part of me, that's what I think makes it really scary is that like when you are facing this deck, you have no idea what it can do. And it might even influence you to keep a hand that ends up being bad and not able to interact with the wind condition that they actually have going on. So mm-hmm. I think the sheer velocity of things, that's not the right context for that word, but I'm using it. <laughs> the sheer viscosity of things that you can do with Kenrith, I think just make this deck super well positioned at all times.
0: I love Kenworth. What's its oil rating, Cam? <laughs> its oil He's, rating? Yeah, it's because like we, got, 10% we got we got ethanol, rate.
4: and um, <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> else about rating oil. It's a a grade A. Grade you a, know, honestly, a. your lack of oil knowledge is really
1: going to be a detriment to this podcast. Yeah, I know, again, so I know. I'm, so I'm more of really like kept a kept up, snake yeah. oil
4: kind of guy instead of like regular <laughs> oil. I wasn't ready. Mm, yes, snake it. oil. Mm, yes, snake. We'll fix all <laughs> your. You guys deals? think a snake folk would look like? Uh, wait, there's Naga. What? <laughs> That's oh, literally yeah. what a Naga is.
0: You <laughs> also have snake people on Kamigawa. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, those are the Sorry, Naga. Quick. Yeah, they're, yeah. No, so they're, they're not Naga. they they're they're specifically not Nagas. Oh, you know see.
1: what yeah let's let's talk about this there are snakes <laughs> in magic and there are nagas and they are separate things so minotaurs and cow folk can be separate haters all right there we, we go it. oh
4: i'm glad we got to the bottom <laughs> of this we got it perfect nice um but kenrith yeah uh, i uh i love what made me want to put kenrith back together was actually the printing of agatha um because okay. for some reason the idea of Using one green like, mana, yeah, yeah, a little counter, yeah, little yeah, counter, little counter on, on Agatha a couple of times, so there's just one yeah. blue mana to draw a card and trigger everyone else's bowmasters for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. this is very appealing to me for some reason. Well,
1: it, it, Kenrith is like so like it's it's worse than Thrasios when it comes to like pure card advantage, right? Correct. But what it opens up is like so many unique opportunities. Like I'll never forget being on Cedh Brazil where I had Fimage and Kenrith, and I was able to make. Uh, kill my fimage, bring it back as a copy of Kenrith in response to them targeting my Kenrith with a removal spell, and then flicker it again, and then bring it back my real Kenrith, and then use my fimage to be a side. And I was like, that was all within one turn cycle, and I was like, a lot of mana, but it still was able to like dodge removal and have this fake Kenrith to reanimate my real Kenrith. And I was like, that's hot. Like, yeah. That is the good stuff. If you, you can, can push I mean?
4: Kenrith into the late game, it can do yeah. some crazy stuff. Like one of my yeah. favorite things to set up with your Seedborn Muse is Ranger Captain and you just Ranger yep. Captain people on their upkeep every single yep. freaking turn mm-hmm. and it's just yep. it's just it's so much fun. It's so much fun. You just you yep. find yourself in these situations that like Kenrith is the only commander that is going to get you out of these situations yep. and no mm-hmm. other card advantage engine was going to do that for you. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I the flexibility of this commander and its consistency in the top 16s that we see it yep. got me to the top 16 at the Cloud City event that I played at. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm can't say this deck is bad it's a consistent number seven
0: yeah yeah ian what's your uh number seven (laughs) my
1: number seven is malcolm timna Uh, Timna. it's really hard to argue with malcolm timna being a good deck right now it is just like oh hey you want a more lean version of blue farm that loses dockside and breach okay you have malcolm timna congratulations you thought hard about this uh (laughs) No, it's just like one of the most underrated underdogs in the format. I think it's just like it's not appealing for a lot of people, right? Because it's just sort of very milk toast. It's the most milk toast deck in the format for sure. It is like pure. here's my card advantage. Here's my man advantage. I win with Oracle. Hey, like that's that's the deck, right?
0: Malcolm Tim. Malcolm Tim. looks you straight in the eyes when it fucks you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I felt Direct that. Direct eye played I've played enough Malcolm
4: Timda to feel that. I know exactly <laughs> what that is. It is playing no games. I I really like the deck, but it feels like it just it just needs a little bit more of an of oomph sometimes. Needs to try get, out some different I positions. Get, I get why it's falling in your guys's listings now. Well, it's moving up, Ian's.
0: Oh, moving up. Yeah. Ian's. So it was it was ninth for Ian last month. Yeah, and now oh, sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Was, I was thinking about was, something else. Well, it felt for me. It was six <laughs> last month, and it was you were thinking about uh, you. New, I was thinking about you. New Malcolm Timna positions. Yes, uh, always thinking about new positions for them. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, so Malcolm Timna at number seven. I have nothing more to say. Okay. What, what could I possibly
1: say
3: after all? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> what else could be important after any of that well do you want to try doggy or do you want to try oh like God. cowboy or like we're going to a cowboy set
0: like we could try some new things oh like oh get
1: me out of here I need an adult
0: mom please come pick me up uh, my number seven is rogues it is up one spot uh, Rogsai, I've been, I've been, uh, uh, listen, li- this is something that I, I, I gotta say, because I have goldfish this deck a ton. And every time I goldfish it, I have the exact same thought. No wonder you fuckers have to mulligan down to like two fucking cards because your card quality. is So shit, like, holy shit. If my cards were just mana and only mana, then yeah, I'd probably mulligan down that far too. Like it, it, it drives me insane to try. Like I, I, I recognize why it's good. And I recognize that it's very good and it does well in Zane Nair's hands. But like outside of doc. that, like it is <laughs> what I said docs. Yeah. <laughs> it's on his fucking Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, like I, Outside of that, like every time I've tried to play the deck, I, mean, it, 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 I recognize it is not my style of deck. But mm-hmm. I also think that it is important for Rogside pilots to note number one, I have you in my top 10, so chill. Two, your deck just doesn't have high court card quality in it. You are sacrificing card quality for speed. All I am trying to get across is for Rogside players to stop nothing they're fucking copium
3: that their deck has high card quality oh right a flame is the best card right a flame is a bad card i'm sorry it, it's not
0: good it, it is objectively not a great card but it gets you to a place that you need to go and that's fine that 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 that's what your deck is and your deck is good it's very good at going fast that's all i have to say about it if you, if you want to play better cards, there are other Grixis decks out there. Um, and you could also just play Blue Farm like an adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number
4: six, Cam.
2: Well,
4: I'll have more to say about that because um, it's actually a little bit higher on my list. So I'll chime in with my okay, thoughts okay. a little later. Um, number six is a deck that I don't completely understand and I never know <laughs> what the hell is going on. Um And I I always react way too late against this is Sisei weatherlight captain. (laughs) What the hell is this deck doing? (laughs) Nothing that I know anything about playing these Rakdos creatures and is it creatures that you never see anywhere. And then all of a sudden, three minutes of fairy came into play out of nowhere. What the hell? I can't respond. You're winning the game. What is going on? This deck is nuts and it doesn't make any sense. And what do you it, mean
0: you search for Sakashima, the imposter and now one,
4: right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's just, if you want to play every single EDH deck, play this deck and then you, <laughs> you don't feel like you're missing out. Um,
3: <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I just,
4: fair. um, it, it, the deck doesn't make any sense to me, but it makes sense to a lot of people who uh, play much differently than I do. And in those hands, this deck can be very, very scary um can do a it's lot really- of things. Yeah, like like Ian, I know Rebel has kicked my ass with this deck yeah. before. Um and it's not a deck that I can foresee myself piloting well at all, but it's definitely a deck that
0: I've also I'm this deck always afraid deal. of. Yeah. I love this deck. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a good one. Um I I've played it enough to also know I like I've sat in so many tournaments and Ian can to this because I've bitched about it is where people will just throw games because they're like, oh, let the Sissé player get an activation off so that they can like deal with whatever's going on right now. And I'm like, guys, Mm -hmm. the Sissé player is never going to activate an answer thing. They're always going to activate and win the fucking game. Don't let them activate the thing. And it's, it's just every single time. It's that,
1: but I, I understand your point.
0: (laughs) It is in the modern age. Sissé doesn't go to find silver bullets. Sissé goes, to find wins and it's a lot different than like giving someone an extra draw authoristic study in the yeah. hopes that they get a counter spell it's it's not the same yeah. no it's not in yeah. in i've i've i have lost in events to people being like oh well let's give them mana so that they can do xyz to try and answer what you're doing and then the a player wins because of that and it's like i'm sitting there actively losing my mind because i'm like hey mm-hmm. Maybe let's not just give the deck that wants to tutor Chain a free tutor. Like it <laughs> I don't know why that's a a, a crazy thing to say, but <laughs> uh Ian, your number six for the month of October.
1: Uh my number six is Rogsai. Um it's obviously one of the powerful decks in the format, uh, but literally anyone that isn't Zane seems to really keep screwing it up. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really it. I, I like I recognize the deck strength. I have played yep. it a bunch. It also just like there are matchups where it's like, yeah, you went fourth three times in a row. Okay. Yep. Sucks to be you, right? Like, or uh, or matchups like
0: I had at, at mox Masters where you are going first, but you're playing three stack decks and or yeah. three two stack decks and a control deck, and all of them get you down to one life. Decide you are dying, and then figure everything else from there. Because they they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's super, super easy to disrupt the list, in my opinion, Um, despite, you know, arguments about like pivoting to risk study and stuff like that. Um, I think people who uh, keep letting Zane win are not respecting the deck enough, if I'm being honest, or for some reason, him as a pilot, Uh, but they keep doing it. So Um, don't get me wrong, the deck's inherently extremely strong, right? It gives you a lot of tools. Yeah. Um, But it's also, uh, you know, there are many pieces able to disrupt it. The problem is, right, and this is what I ran into all of the Invitational, was, like, it's just a deck you have to play respectfully against and not greed into it. But I literally was running into people just jamming greedy lines that clearly weren't going to work. And then well, guess what? Rogsai picks up those pieces faster. That, that 13 seconds we were talking about, they need two. <laughs> right? They need two of those seconds. So don't don't let them have it, right? Rogsai is one of the best problem.
0: decks in the format at capitalizing on your mistakes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taking advantage of
4: like windows that people give you too because yeah. uh, especially really early on when people feel safe.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, For sure. Uh, My number six for the month is Atraxa Grand Unifier moving up one spot. Uh, Not much has changed. Just people yelled at you, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, that's why I moved it up one spot. Uh, no, Atraxa actually had a slightly worse month than it did. It was like the the best deck of September by like a big sizable margin. And it backs a little bit down four spots. But I mean, with that being said, the backsliding was two top fours and six two top six six top sixteens. So like mm-hmm. I've seen worse results. Um yeah. <laughs> like it it's got a 26% win percentage. Uh mm-hmm. like it's really real well 25 and a half but uh, so if you round up it's 26 but you know it's 25 ish uh win percentage like it is a really solid deck that i think i i agree with you cam like i i don't understand why it does so well but it just kind of keeps doing well and i think it I, i i think if i can if i have like one thing to identify what it is is the deck is like Functionally old Thrass Timna, but with a Wincon in the command zone and more advantage outlets in the 99. So it just like, it's able to do that thing where we were talking about like turning the corner really fast, right? Because you can take those openings of, oh, I have an opening to go for it here. I have easy Wincon access in these great advantage colors. And just all of a sudden, I'm winning the game. And so I think that's kind of what's going on. I still haven't figured out exactly what is happening with Atraxa and its success because on paper, it feels like it should not be doing this well, but uh, it, then you actually look at at its paper results and it is doing that well. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there, there's some disconnect there that like the traditional logic is not working somehow. Uh, So Perhaps what they were doing is great and is working great. And I'm the one on crack. So uh. I I think part
4: of it is because your commander is big. So is so big and clunky, it kind of forces you to play a little bit slower. And the format has certainly slowed down like a a ton recently. Mm -hmm. So when you can play a little bit more of a slower game and try to win second or third, instead of like being the first player to win, I think it just kind of forces you to play better CEDH that way. And then Mm -hmm. that way, when you do get to the late game, because your deck has allowed you to get to the late game, you can just all the fuck off with a clone and like all kinds of other things that just piece together these big Atraxa wins. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, but that's certainly a theme that I've seen with another deck. I'm going to talk about very soon. So I think it could be something to explain for Atraxa doing well too
1: yeah it's it is like at, at the end of the day it is just a four color value pile, right like it yeah. really just does that, right and so there's a certain point where it's just like okay there's only so many times that like oh look i played a smothering tithe and people drew much cards and it's like oh now i can play a big seven mana tracks and you're like oh no what how did they get there like, yeah <laughs> it's just, it's just, like, I, I don't know it does that all the time yeah you know so
0: uh, moving on number five we're moving into the top five here cam what top is your five. number five my number
4: five is tivet my number five is tivet yeah it fell down a little bit in the actual standings for tournaments but in the overall format i don't know i think this thing still has a lot of legs i haven't mm-hmm. respected this properly in the past um
0: i know i watched. But-
4: Yeah, I know, (laughs) but but after like we really sat there and evaluated it and then, you know, you you remember that it's four of the five things that you're looking for in a CEDH commander, like this thing is just going to provide you value. And it's another one of these decks like Atraxa where it forces you to play a little bit slower, which in the meta right now forces you to play better and to not be the first player to win the game. You get to play all the best, you get to play all the best spells there's only one bad card in your deck and arguably it's not even a very bad card. And even with the politics thing, you know, where people are respecting it even more, I mean, you can still pull out wins even if people are, you know, hard down on you. And that's just the very
3: least just you can draw pitch. all day.
4: <laughs> and that's the other thing too, right? Yeah. You can draw all day. I mean, there's stuff that you can do. And like, once you realize that, um, you know, you, you, you have to, play against it correctly and you have to make sure that you're voting for the correct things. It can certainly not make it as scary as it maybe has been in the past. But that being said, yep. again, it's just a deck full of really powerful cards that are playing very well into the meta right now.
0: Yeah. This thing is just going to
4: win more games than you're going to think it's going to.
0: Yeah. Uh, For you, Ian, your number five.
1: Well, for number five, I have a uh, track. Yeah, Yeah. that's we've already talked about it a good amount. Um Atraxa is just once again, value pile, right? People keep letting it take advantage of those those windows that we talked about, right? And and a good way to take care of advantage of a window is by going, Oh, hey, you you messed up your dock side win, cool. I'll play a clone Mm -hmm. and then uh I'll draw ten cards, the equivalent of, right? Or it's probably closer to seven or, or five, you know uh and then oh yeah well that's so weird i play another clone and uh, i'm gonna draw another five to seven cards and wow uh, that's bizarre hey, so so i just <laughs> keep doing this the game's over uh yeah <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> letting me do that guys all right Did you
4: <laughs> sack outlet and reanimate <laughs> oh my god
1: yeah yeah it's i don't know it's it, it's, it attracts as one of those cards i mean it literally uh I, I i think i literally played against you when i borrowed dylan's deck that one time yeah mm-hmm. when i was like i just sat there with the rustic study didn't play tracks the whole game i was just like i don't know like it, i got four good colors here <laughs> like,
0: yeah right <laughs> i mean honestly like i think it is the it really has taken Thras timna's like spot oh, in the dead. meta game absolutely and it, bad, it, it fills sure. the exact same role that that deck played honestly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um couldn't agree more my on. number five is also tivet uh which is kind of continuing to move down a little bit for me uh, but yeah. overall, in the standings, it actually did have a better month than it did in September, which uh, yeah. is not a huge shift, but it did move up a spot. So congratulations to it. Um, <laughs> it is the best deck in the format at not losing uh, <laughs> per cap. <laughs> yeah, like like per like, like. Proportionally speaking, it has the most draws of any deck. And Mm -hmm. it is like really, and I had this experience playing it is it's a very good deck at going for a win. You get stopped and then you're like, cool, nobody else is winning now. And it's just very good at doing that. Um, Yeah. I I do think there's some new stuff that's coming out that's uh, in this upcoming set. That's going to help propel it forward a little bit uh, because I do think that there are some, some pieces that it's going to be getting that uh, in some innovations that I'm going to be trying that I think will help kind of push the deck over the hill and kind of help convert like the uh, what's it the draws into wins. Uh, yeah. But overall I, I love where the deck's at still. I just think it's performances. It's going down a little bit because people are kind of playing weird. And mm-hmm. also like, it's just like one of those decks where like it's not losing a lot of games; it's just drawing a lot of games. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's where it's at. Uh, my my number five. Moving on up to number four. Uh, Cam, what do you have at number four? You're all wrong. This is where Rog Silas belongs on the list okay. up here.
1: Oh no!
4: Yeah, I kind of have <laughs> a. I kind of have a. It, it's funny that this is even a top ten deck for you guys, based on how you guys talk about it. It's um. <laughs> that's probably the meanest thing I'll say all day. But like, I. I don't know. Like, I come kind of completely disagree with Callahan here. I think I think Rogsai is full of good oh, cards. You like Rite like, of Flame?
3: I ride love Rite of Flame. Do you, you ever ride cast Rite of Flame when someone else? Yeah, it's fucking of flame, but It makes
4: you three mana. It's great. oh my it's god,
3: a, three it, mana. It yeah, makes it, it's it dark, a red, ritual? dark
4: ritual. It's a red, dark ritual sometimes. That's awesome. What do I do? Infernal! Does Lo- is, Infernal! Is Lotus Petal ritual. a bad card? Do you cut Lotus Petal from, like, every deck? No, you oh. don't. And in this deck, like, it's it's freaking awesome. No, like, because... My, deck, I'm sorry,
3: because my other, plays my other cards, rituals
4: aren't... A plays a bad card. Magda plays bad cards. It doesn't it play the same card, amount of bad cards. There is zero bad cards. <laughs> There's zero bad cards in
0: Rogsai. It makes cards.
4: use out of all of them. And even the worst cards aren't like bad cards to begin with. They're like, at worst, medium to pretty good cards that it's making even better. As opposed to a Magda, who's taking horrible cards and making them okay, or a a Atraxa, who still has to play food chain cards in it, which blow. Here's so, our card
0: quality. We're, we're gonna talk card quality real quick. Let's talk card uh, quality. My my favorite my favorite card of all time is so good. Never a dead card. Simeon Spirit Guide. Let's get yeah, here. Yeah, never it. a dead Simeon card. Spirit yeah. If, if,
4: if, if you're trying to play uh, fast, also exactly up here,
0: uh, sorcery staple. It's Warriors Oath. Give it up. It is-
4: card is also Get great. Extra for, turn uh, spells
0: have proven to be very
4: powerful in the format. And here, so.
0: don't forget everybody's favorite wheel, Wheel of Misfortune.
4: Our, okay, so this one, I notoriously hate this card. However, <laughs> I have been swayed. Dylan has swayed me. This card is actually really good in Rogsai because it's a deck that doesn't care if the rest of the table wants to wheel at all. You are the only person that you care about. You play selfishly. You're the one that wants to wheel. It works and better like for you But I feel like there are better anyway. cards at doing that than wheel. There are, but when you need more, you got to resort to some of these other things that but, are but still it, but, but, fine. But here's, but just here's not the thing, Cam,
0: Cam. I'm looking at zane's list right here. Right, I'm looking at a a list that made a top, like won a tournament recently. Yep. it's running Time Twister, Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Misfortune, Windfall. You're telling me the other options. To replace Wheel of Misfortune that might be maybe one mana more, but don't open you up to the issues that that card opens you up to are worse options than Wheel of Misfortune.
4: Probably because all the other ones aren't actual card advantage or are too expensive. (laughs) This is
1: the most circular logic statement that went around. We did a whole lap to finish that sentence. Like... (laughs) Cal, Jesus listen i don't
0: know i, I would, I I would say you like that leaning that, into the, the meme okay i like leaning <laughs> into the meme uh, i just
4: i just like that the, i just think that the card quality is a little bit higher than than it's not um there there's a lot of it, it's playing like all still like the, the best cards in the combination it's one of the fastest decks that is in the format which is still something that is very important here and it can present mm-hmm. multiple wins it does have resiliency under its belt there are going to be games where you, you are going to get unlucky, but we could say that for any one of these decks where you're going to get unlucky. Yep. So I really don't want to weigh that against it. Um, so that being said, Rogsai is going to be very scary. It's going to be something that you got Here's- to respect. And I have it up there at number four.
0: Yeah. And and my my, my, my to, to be fair, like I, I do concede your point. Like I am being extraordinarily hyperbolic if that's not oh, yeah, clear. Yeah. <laughs> But like Callahan, what? No. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is a lot of people seem to think I'm serious all the time. So, um, but I mean, like one thing to keep in mind with this deck that I think is like important is when I say that, like it, when I point out thing, like it struggles when it gets targeted down. It struggles in a way where like decks like Atraxa or Tivit or I mean, like. Najila, even or kinnan can dig themselves out of that a lot easier i feel like than Ro- rog sai can and i feel yeah. like that's because they have some form of advantage in the command zone where rog sai is trading that away for just pure speed and i think like i, I think that's where like ian and i value that I, and i think that's just where you see like a difference in the values right where yeah. it's like Ian and I definitely value that ability to dig out a little bit more than maybe like you or Zane or like other people. Like, and I think that's valid and I don't think that that's an invalid like point of view for what it's worth. Like I, whenever I come on the show, I want to make sure that I'm being fair to people while also being extremely hyperbolic and giving the hottest takes available. So, uh, <laughs>
1: I also will say, I think your your views on the archetype do not directly reflect my views Correct. on the archetype. I, yes. think, I think you're much more extreme when it comes to your perceptions. Well, and that's, I think also, that's also
0: because I, I I if people have not picked up on this, it is kind of a bit. Uh, <laughs> and the more people play into the fact that I dislike this deck, the more it makes me want to play into the bit. because. People can't figure out that it's a bit. So I'm saying it right now. And if nobody plays into me giving this deck a hard time from here on out, then I'll start rating it higher, I guess. But like... I think more than any
4: other deck, this this deck is ranked based on your playstyle, kind of like what you were saying, yeah, Callahan. Hundred percent. Like if you are if you are typically a stacks player, I think you're going to look down on this deck a little bit more. But like if you are someone that tends to like turbo strategies, like this is something that you're going to rate super high. So I think it does make sense where we all have it in our list based on yeah. the kinds of players that we are, how much we respect it, and where um, I don't know. I, I just that's what I think. It's much more. Much more personal this one than any of the other decks that we're
0: talking about. See, this is why we do it as a a panel like ESPN style power rankings where we all kind of have Mm -hmm. our opinions on it because it just kind of goes to show that there is not a definitive rankings of these things It is all very contextual. It all really matters. Yeah, Um, it's
4: nice to have more data now that we have more data available than like we did last year or the year before that. But it's still not like nearly enough data to actually know. No, it's still laughably small data points. Yeah, that we laugh, have. and especially with um, the amount of new cards we always get, like it's
1: yeah. Well, also, that like we we literally cannot record with any amount of certainty, like competency, and like yeah. that is an amazing statistic that is just missing from CEDH, right? And it's not just player competency, right? Like, player skill is obviously a recorded metric. You can see people doing well with decks over and over again, right? But, like, how can you record that the, like, oh, yeah, this person tapped out even though player B told them not to and threw them the game. And that yeah. happened to this player twice in one tournament. It's like, how do you record that in CEDH, right? Like, player skill Can you imagine if that's like, something that we
4: had on EDH well, top 16 next to yeah, your yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the punch, <How>, <laughs> Literal like, errors, the error numbers, be, yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, honestly, and, and, oh my
1: God, I would love to see some people's error accounts. Oh, dude, don't oh, look at my error so history. Jesus. Well, <laughs>
0: <God>. <laughs> That's one of the things I've I, like, I, I wanted to implement uh, eventually. Like if I ever have the resources I want to do the MLC yeah. the right way, like that would be the yeah. thing where I would have a statistician sitting there and like tracking stuff like that where we mm-hmm. can get, you know, like Major League Baseball or NFL like type stats so that, you know, yeah. like how are players playing all through- and how are yeah. decks playing? Any correlation between
4: when I stack my deck and when I win the game?
1: Yeah, it's easier to gauge someone throwing the ball wrong though than compared to like, ah, yes, in this nuanced stack of thirteen spells, my opponent's made a miscalculation, right? Like
4: that's. (laughs) It's also always easier to see things when you're standing outside of the game than inside of the game, too. Hindsight's always twenty-twenty, so. Something like that's tough. I don't know, and I
1: think this is one of the most one of the most interesting factors of Cedh is like. And, and I had this come up a lot in conversations with people who are like just outside observers or people who like really like to think they won up. you, intellectually speaking, uh, is that like <clears throat> oftentimes like I'll explain to people like, Oh yeah, like my opponents didn't listen to me and we lost. And it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, it clearly worked because they didn't listen and you lost the game. It's like, no, 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 You don't understand. <laughs> we lost <laughs> me and person who refused to listen to me. Yeah. We lost the game. Right. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like player three just sat there didn't say anything maybe said one vaguely convincing thing and they won the game they weren't in the interaction where they refused to listen yeah. right <laughs> like
2: yeah i
0: mean I, I mean this is again why i compare it to survivor and why i bring yeah. up the social element so much and why i think people who mm-hmm. are just like shut up and play is it's just like you are missing out on how to play the game correctly? Because quite honestly, you can't just shut up and play because it's not an effective way of playing the game because it turns out your opponents are stupid. Um,
4: <laughs> I use shut up and play as a way for me to stop listening to someone else who's trying to get me to say something or to do something yeah. in particular. Uh, it's a little trend. We have started with Tyler a little bit more just because he is a, v- he is very good at twisting <laughs> my knobs in a way that get me to do things that I don't want to do. So now um, we've got, we've
0: got Ian, we've got Tyler and we've got a uh, sick robot are the yeah. inceptors. I'm going to make, I'm going to get ready for the, the AI face swap movie poster of inception with those three on it because yeah. it's coming. Uh- <laughs> Uh, number it to be Leonardo. <laughs> number four, Ian. What do you got?
1: I have my girl saying She's she's doing the thing. Uh, rocking it, killing it, yep. killing the game. I actually might switch my number three and number four to be honest. Uh, I just think number three's had a good month. Um, but I like mine four better. Sosa uh, is just really strong. It keeps sneaking into top counts, and everyone's like, "I really don't even get how I lost, but I did." Uh-huh. And that just keeps happening. That was no no me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a
4: direct quote of me. With voice. And I
0: don't all know what happened. <laughs> I was but interviewed post
4: game, and that's exactly what I sounded like.
0: <laughs> it, it, it makes me think of that Chance the Rapper bit where he's
3: just like, "Yeah, they were out there on the hockey." let's do that hockey like that's what it makes <laughs> yeah, me yeah. think of <laughs> oh my god
1: no but i mean sisa is so strong it's it's one of those decks that's like if you don't like if you don't get your engine online it, it looks like sisa does literally jack all right mm-hmm. uh but when sisa does get online and they get a couple activations going you look down and you're like wait oh that just wins uh Damn.
2: Like <laughs> wish I knew that uh, and,
1: forty
4: seconds ago. Yeah. 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 I realized, I've seen a lot wish of those. I
1: knew that before I let that resolve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I've seen that interaction many, 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 many times. Yeah. So it's uh it is what it is. Sise is strong and uh efficient, and that's all she needs to be really. Yep.
0: That's also my number four say Uh moving down mm-hmm. two spots from number two last month. Um I I like say a lot, very similar opinions. Uh hey, by the way. Uh, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. Stop giving them free fucking searches. Like, just stop doing it. Like, I don't understand why we think that's okay. But it's not a risk. Cam, you put it perfectly. It's not a riskic draw. Stop treating it like it's a riskic draw. Uh,
1: yeah, I think there's a little more nuance to it. No, for there's sure. not. Think, Every no, the, the you say that because it. you're a CISSE
3: Sorry.
0: player.
1: There's no shut rules. up and play. <laughs> shut up and play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like you're going to say this and people are going to do the Tivet thing. They're going to do the Winota thing where they just like kill the commander and like don't ever let it happen. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. And that's, and that's how king making scenarios yeah, yeah. happen, right? And it's like, it, it keeps happening where a deck does well for a little I'm, while. It happens to use the commander and everyone's like,
0: oh, burn, burn their legs. I'm Never specifically let them stand. saying, I'm not saying don't let them have the sissé. I'm saying don't specifically give them two mana to search this is very, very, very specific to me yeah, scenario. Extremely
1: specific and not applicable to our audience scenario. Good job. It, it's just,
3: <laughs> I, I, I've seen it happen a couple of times where somebody's like, "Yeah, I'll give you a uh, mana to do this, and so you can search to find an answer to player B." And oh no, you won the game, and it's just, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh shit. Oh no.
4: <laughs> Don't do anything to give your opponents any resources. I didn't know that was a hot take, but don't, yeah. don't do anything. Like, Welcome uh, to the Mind well, Sculptors, well. where really benign <laughs> things
0: are hot takes. Uh, moving on to oh, number three, Kim. What do you have at number three? Oh, boy. Number three is Kinnan. Okay. Kinnan
4: Bonder Prodigy. I think that's his title. Yeah. Correct. Right. Um, Yeah, Kinnan. Geez, what, what do I say about Kinnan that I've never said about Kinnan before? Kinnan, bondage um, guy. Yeah, bondage prodigy. So really good <laughs> at it. Um
1: This is one of those times where I remind you that Kinnan is canonically a teenage boy, <laughs> but thank you so much,
4: Adela. <laughs> right, strike that uh strike that last bit from the uh, the record there, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> just move. Keep on. on moving. Um yeah, no, Kinnan Kinnan just does some busted stuff. Uh, Dylan uh, said on our podcast recently it feels like Tron. Because even when you shut down Kinnon, it just yeah, gets enough yeah. mana sources and then can just mm-hmm. keep getting it uh, or keep getting their creatures and then... God damn it, it now it it I want to play realize, it. <laughs> it! just made me realize, yeah, like, like a, no wonder why I'm so freaking scared of it. Like, it just feels like you're playing it's, against it's Tron. It's literally interactive Tron. Yeah, yeah, yeah for which, sure. Like which that's is like the only, my only way spot. that you could have... The only way you could have made Tron scarier was to give it blue and give it, like, access to Force of Will yeah. and, like, a cheap uh-huh. commander that can make You know, mox amber and fierce guardianship super playable too. Yeah, like green sucks in my opinion in the format right now, but like blue is just good enough and the ability to double most of your mana rocks and like just have this insane multiplier on all of the mana that you're making all the time.
1: Like, take a take a look at that elf. What if there were two?
4: Yeah, right. (laughs) Like it's. It's not. It's, 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 every it, elf
1: was a color fixed soul ring is a really good question, <laughs> right? Like,
4: it's and if, even with the presence of Orcish Bowmaster, like all of my de- my Kenrith deck right now has like besides Esper Sentinel, care. yeah, Esper Sentinel and Lothar are the only two creatures that will die to Orcish Bowmaster besides my Bowmaster itself. Yep. And yeah, like you said, Kinnon does not care about Orcish Bowmaster. It's going to have enough mm-hmm. rocks where it's going to. Still be able to jam these humongous value pieces to completely stop the game from going anywhere. Yeah. It's like the only deck, one of the only decks that plays Void Winterer successfully, which is just dumb. It plays perplex- mm-hmm. Perplexing Chimera, or at least the version that I play against all the time, plays Homeward Path and Perplexing Chimera and Seedborn Views like in it.
1: 90% of the list, except for mine. It's, yeah,
4: so, for sure. <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, I'm like any deck you know once you play against it enough like you know what to do and like you can politic your opponents into using two removal spells to get rid of the perplexing chimera however that's still really good for the kinnon player it doesn't matter if you have stacks kinnon's still going to be really good i know i'm monopolizing all the things to say about kinnon but like i'm just i've just
0: been afraid of this deck for years i have two because i i've had it in my uh play group for a very long time I really hate you for making the comparison to Tron because you, you activated the lizard brain of mine that here's Tron in like any form of it's like Tron in this. And my brain just goes, Oh, I want to play that. And because <laughs> I fucking love Tron. So thank you, Cam, because now I'm going to be Playing Kinnan because Dude, put it you, together. That deck made, is just unstoppable. You made a comparison that my brain was just like, oh yes, <laughs> obviously, must do. How do we build like Tron?
3: <laughs> yes, let's do.
0: Uh <laughs> number three for you, Ian. What do you have here?
1: Uh, once again, clarifying that it's only because it did really well this month, but we have Najila back on back on the top three. Uh and sideways make warrior play ad deck good i don't know like it's it's so boring i'm so tired of talking about this fucking deck but like i guess it's here and it's doing well it's here to stay uh people people got the joke for a while and then they started killing warriors and they started not letting them have bowmaster stuff and then pilots started doing new cool things and then uh people were like oh what if we told the joke again and then for some reason it's working uh i don't i don't know Najila is just like It's a five-color pile. It's got a lot of good cards in
4: it. Turns out it can only be so bad, right? (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: If you think you're tired of talking about it, think about somebody who has played against Pongo and Phoenix for literal years now and uh, that card has not left my field of view for any amount of time and I hate it uh, since it has been released. Um, Mm -hmm. My number three is Tim Necrom, moving up two spots. Uh, Tim Necrom Came roaring back after having a horrible September. It came back and had a great October. A huge mm-hmm. rebound. Uh, two tournament wins. Eight top fours. Twenty-two top sixteens. Twenty-two. That is a lot of top sixteens in the month of uh, what was it? October, and that was with forty-nine entries. So that's about a forty-five percent conversion rate getting into top sixteens with that deck. So it's putting up wicked numbers and I still hold it at number 3 because I'm not going to fall into the the swing again of the t- the timnocrom pendulum of hey it's really good it's really good it's really good oh my god it's the best dog oh my gosh people are playing weirdo oh, it's really bad Keep doing what you're doing, guys. You're playing it correctly right now, evidently. So good job, Vam. You, you did something right. Whatever you're doing mm-hmm. right now, keep doing that and stop doing what you were doing before that. Um <laughs> Number two. broke. Don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can. Number
4: two for you. My number two is Nijia La. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this deck, but this deck is just really good. Yes, I do. It can be cast with just Jeweled Lotus. That's bonkers. And then it just, like, snowballs from there. Holy hell. That's pretty nuts. Um, Mm -hmm.
3: For all the reasons...
4: Tell me something I haven't heard before. (laughs) For all the reasons why I like Kenrith being a five-color commander, this is just a more efficient way to do five-color. It's a faster way to do five-color and um although it's it's a little bit tougher to get in with Najila now i think the more that it gets disrespected the better it's just going to get so if, yep. if if we rank it low and we don't think it's going to do too well this deck's going to run so us a over and we're back yep and you can't do that you got to be you got to be ready for pretty much every single deck every single deck you got to treat equally and block this deck is warrior. never not good yeah block just warriors. block the warrior yeah. And if there's two in a pod, did you know that Najila can give the other Najila players warriors? That's disgusting. <laughs> Why would you ever want to do that? But you can and just watch out for that too. Well, I guess that's never gonna come up, but I saw it come up at the
0: invitation do. or at the open. Where there were two Najila really? pilots. Yeah, there were two Najila pilots at the table and they were feeding each other warriors and picking off the other two players. And yeah, I mean, just I making guess, it a they- game between them, which I guess is a strategy. So. I guess if you have
4: more card advantage engines than the other player, I guess that's okay. But
0: I feel yeah, like I don't if know if I, I, I don't know if how I, I, I don't know that I'm willing to like endorse the efficacy of that, like strategy, but it is a strategy. Uh, I wouldn't give it to another player, but I would certainly accept them from
4: another player. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even play like forbidden orchard. Cause I don't want to give my opponents a one, one that, Every single color can make use of. No, I don't want to do that.
0: Why would I give you a color? Cu- why would I give you a card? Why would I give you a card to set a culling ritual? What the or culling the week? What the fuck? Um, mm-hmm. Ian, you're number two.
1: My number two. My top two decks here are two decks that I think just sort of stand above the rest of the format by a reasonable amount. Uh number two being one that had an insanely good month, Tim yep. Uh, we talked about multiple times. It's just Four insane colors, uh, two insane vantage engines. Not much really more to say. Uh, it plays stupid things. Uh, I still think every deck that's not playing three man to parry is playing some Krong wrong. And that's my hot take. And I'm happy to move on from there. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: really it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Kinnan, Bonder Prodigy, moving down one spot from the number one spot. Uh, it had a. Pretty fine month. It was 25% win percentage. Uh also had uh two tournament wins, uh several top fours in somewhere around, I think, like 12-ish top 16s. Um, if you count for Lotus con data. So like it, it it's still performing really well. I think the only reason I moved it down is because I did notice a notable shift at the Mox Masters event of people being very aware of it. Finally. And, oh my Yeah, like people God. were really respecting Kenan. Top 16 in that tournament What'd you say?
1: Didn't it also still make <laughs> No, it did not top tournament?
0: sixteen uh the invitational. It did at the open. Uh, uh but okay. I, I did notice a very sizable amount of people were uh respecting kinnon more and Ooh, hmm?
1: the invitational, I think only Max played it, right? So
0: No, Max was in the open. Or in the invitation. invitation. Yeah. He didn't top 16.
1: Right. I'm saying there's only one pilot, so I don't think. that's Well, yeah, but in
0: the, the open (laughs) only one made top 16. And I think there were like four pilots. So it was like, um, which is like fine, but overall, like across the month, even you could see it pull back just a little bit. Um, And it's not like a huge pullback. Like it stays on the standings where it was last month, but you can see like it's win percentage fall. Um, Mm -hmm. so like it is doing fine and it's still doing well. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm just sent noticing, Hey, people are being a little bit more aware of it. And so Mm -hmm. I, I think that is a good thing. And, uh, but I, God, that comparison to Tron really got me horny. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) That made me feel a type of way. Number one, all of a sudden, (laughs) it it made me feel a type of way. I got to tell you. Uh, and, uh, so number one for you is... I got Timnacrom Blue Farm up here at number
4: one. And I don't know if there's really anything that is going to knock this thing down from its number one status in my mind for a a, a long time. Like It's it's the best two carded advantage engines in the format and I think outside of player skill it's definitely the best deck in the format and what Mm -hmm. holds it back in some people's hands might be player skill might just be some unfamiliarity with it but It's certainly a deck that the more that you play, the more rewarded you are for knowing some of the lines, remembering that you can't consultation with Esper Sentinel and play sometimes (laughs) like uh, there's just um, like weird, weird little nuances that come up with the deck like that. But uh, again, it's another one of these decks that plays zero bad cards and it's always going to be the scariest thing at the table for me.
0: Um, Blue farm, definitely number one in CEDH for me. Yeah. I love blue farm, uh, especially right now. Uh, number one for you, Ian.
2: Kinnan.
1: Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't, it's not even close for me. Uh, it's playing with Blue Farm in, uh, I guess, the end of last month. Felt like I was given a sword in my hand against a field of people with knives. Um, and then I played Kinnon at Lotus Con and it felt like they handed me a pistol. <laughs> 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 and it's just i don't know it's i love kenan i think it's it is one of those decks with an insanely high ceiling and a very low floor uh and you see that with the results of these players right so that's why like i didn't really blink when you said one person made top 16 and then the others didn't even come close right and i'm like yeah cuz that's how kenan will work and has worked until the end yeah. of time and for me it's this ranking always ends up being more like what do i see the best players being able to bring to a tournament and do well with right so for me that's the answer of kinnon right is like i the people good players who are very comfortable with the deck will show up and execute an entire tournament by playing this deck. Okay. now you can argue that like blue farm is better in the hands of the masses and it's you know you can give a random chuckle fuck off the street blue farm and they're going to do better than they will with kinnon and i completely agree i think that's why they're number two and I think that's why my conversation goes, I think these two are are considerably above the rest, right? Um, but I think Kinnon's recastability, its ability to uh, have the speed of Rogsai with the efficiency and consistency of having an activated ability in the command zone on top of being an outlet, um, making up for the fact that it's only in two colors by the, the benefits that were just listed, right? Uh, the ability to play Haymakers that, once again, like we were talking about the Tron thing, right? You know, times i've been like okay i'm completely locked out of kin and stuff there's graph diggers mm-hmm. i'm gonna hard cast concentrated sphinx so fuck y'all gonna do it, mean, it was <laughs> like a, game, yeah 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 exactly like i went from oh no i'm locked out to oh, no. okay cool i
0: win yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it's really in, in it, a wild deck um it, it had <laughs> one of the better performances of the month uh but uh I moved it down simply because my number one had the best performance of the month. And that was Najeela, the blade blossom. It took down the most major tournaments of the month. uh, And overall, I think that Najila just like does what I want a deck to do the best. And it kind of came back and like, it, it felt like we sent it away because it got like we were like hey go figure out that uh, like if you ever watch like uh hell's kitchen right uh sometimes he'll send food back and he'll be like hey you need to refire this you need to do this bat- different or whatever and he sent him back to the kitchen we sent the najila players back to the kitchen we said hey figure out the bowmaster problem and they came back and they're like yes chef here you go and uh the deck just doesn't mind and it just I, I, I like Najila a lot. Najila, Kinnan, and Timna T- 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 L- Like, honestly, the two decks, if I were to sleeve one up right now, that I feel like the most uh, that I could just play tomorrow is Najila. I've played it a lot, I've played against it a lot. And I'm uh, so
1: surprised by this decision and your <laughs> analysis in this moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who,
0: who could have called this? <laughs> not like a deck that you've always leaned towards
1: or anything yeah like that. i mean yeah. like N-
0: Najila is a deck that i like i i have such a love-hate relationship with i hate it at the same time i can't
1: quit you what <laughs> i said i can't quit you
0: i mean honestly it, it it's you know it's like the, the that bad boyfriend that i just can't beat um you know the the sex is amazing and uh <laughs> But yeah, Najeele wow. is my number one. So uh, just to recap here for you, uh, the honorable mentions for the honorable cam from Play to Win was mm-hmm. Rocco Cabaretti Caterer with number 10 being Magda, nine being Thracius Bruce, eight being Grand Utifier, seven being Kenrith, six, Sisei Weatherlight Captain, uh, five was Tivit Seller of Secrets, four, Rogsai, three, Kinnon, Two Najila One Timna Krom. And then for the lowly 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 Ian. For my my, <laughs> my nad pod friends out there. Uh, honorable mention of the month was Varagoth, Blood Sky Sire, number 10, Talion, number nine, Tevish plus whatever. Eight, Tevit Seller of Secrets, 7, Malcolm Timna, 6, Rogsai, 5, Atraxa, 4, Sisei. Three Najila, two Timnacrom, and one Kinnan. And then for the esteemed Callahan, the mind sculptor. <laughs>
1: oh my god!
0: <laughs> my honorable mention for the month was Malcolm Kettis, and my number ten was also Italian. Number nine was Malcolm Timna. Number eight, Dargo Seven Rogsai. Six Atraxa. Five Tivit. Four Sisse. Three Timnacrom. Two Kinnan and one
3: Najila.
0: Thank you, Cam, for joining us this week. Thank you I for really having appreciate me. This was great. You know, it was awesome. Uh, we finally on have had you onto the podcast and it was not a fuck around. Well, we fucked around, but it was not a a joke episode. <laughs> Exclusively.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we made this work. <laughs> yeah. For people who are not familiar, for the like handful of people who don't know who'd play to win, well, let them know where they can find you, what your channel is, and all about that.
4: Uh, yeah, check out Play to Win MTG for CEDH gameplay and podcast episodes every single week. We got some new stuff coming up uh, for 2024 that we're very excited for. That's next year, right? Yep. Um. Yep, that's, so that's how um, years work. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so you can find this everywhere at uh, Play to Win MTG.
0: Uh, Ooh. Ian. Coaching. Ian. The, the Ian. Coach yeah. Ian Hello, coaches, everybody.
3: Put your coach's hat on. We're going to the coach's corner. <laughs> Yes,
1: let's see. What's my coaches have today? These these bent-up microphones. Hello. Uh, it is professional CEDH coaching. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. You can find me over at youtube.com slash comedian for any sort of tournament CEDH stuff, mostly top 16 breakdowns. Um, and if you're interested in CEDH coaching from the player with the most wins with diverse decks over the past two years, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's a pretty good accolade. Uh, come, come check it out. You can hit me up on Twitter, Discord, or email at comedian at gmail.com
4: you could just be making up accolades at this point
1: i could i could yeah. i could yeah and yet
4: the uh, <laughs> best player the, on this
3: side of the milky way the the, the more <laughs> the lord buttfart 69 first of his name uh, yes that is correct <laughs> also while you're
0: at it uh don't forget to check out the mind sculptors patreon which we will be revamping uh we will be reintroducing the uh this is the thing that i can probably safely announce is we were going to be reintroducing Brewer's Choice. And so uh, again, Ooh. we are going to for our patrons, we're going to offer you guys a uh, choice of four decks, let you guys vote on it. And then we're going to brew those decks here on the channel and you'll get to see what Ian and I come up with for different decks that are going on.
1: Maybe we'll have some gas and it'll be
4: fun. Yeah. Who knows? If we're going to have so- some gas well we'll,
0: Well, i always
1: have gas yeah that's true that's that's my secret cap i have
0: ibs (laughs) (laughs) i turned 29 and then my fart stopped being normal they started being stinky uh i don't know what happened but something did Mm. change Uh, mine are uh, alive now mine have a life of their own uh if you want to follow us you can follow us at sculpty boys b-o-i-s on twitter Mm -hmm. also make sure to follow us on the twitters uh individually at callahan is here and comedian mtg and uh while you're at it go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button helps out the algorithm and uh how do you want to exit this episode ian how do you think we should end this one Mm,
1: that's a good question, uh, Cam. Why don't we? Why don't we get something from you? Why don't you just th- just throw out some sauce? Just just hit just us. Just with Just throw we'll, something we'll at the
0: wall, it. and we'll see what we got. Throw something at the wall.
2: Mm.
1: Hit us with that Cam sauce. Yo,
4: I need a new CDH deck to build. I only have Kenrith and okay. um and that other one, Nimrus Together, what should I what should I put what? together next?
1: Okay, what are you what are you trying to do with It's Trying to be good? Are you trying to be full deep in the spice?
4: Um, you, I think spice is always interesting. Thinking about Thada yeah, yeah, yeah. Adele more.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, okay. that one does feel like
4: a trap to me. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. No, no, I'm, um, and I've been entangled in a few in my day. So I no, would, don't don't <laughs> get
0: Arden Crumb, baby.
4: Uh, oh my god. All right, uh, all right nah, Sam, that's here, okay. Here, Thank here, you, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: have you seen lj's top 16 list from the invitational
4: um Is i don't think i have yet no okay.
1: oh it's it's i'm
4: just gonna leave you with
1: the nugget of like go check that one out okay it's it's, it's one of the weirdest decks i've ever seen and i love it. it's a it.
0: pile of cards <laughs> that'll make you do things i, I can't guarantee yeah that it will be good things, but it'll make you do things. You do things. <laughs> I love
4: her. piles yeah. of cards that make me do things. So, <laughs> <laughs> especially mono blue piles that make absolutely no sense. If it's one of those, oh, yeah. I will love it. Oh, perfect. You should play Fibble Fip. That's you what you play Yo, Proteus Staff Fibble Fip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like the hardest thing in magic. Outside of Black Cleave Cliffs, that's like the hardest thing in yeah. magic to say. Yeah, yeah. Fibble Fip. <laughs> Proteus Fibble Fip it's the, from the, the F's, Fibble F's Fibble. from staff leading into the F of Fibblefip
0: Proteus Staff Fibblefip yeah. Fibble <laughs> if I think about it Which really so hard I can funny do it. To me. Uh,
1: it it's so funny to me that Proteus Staff Fibblefip is a thing because you could also just play the other polymorphs and play Hullbreaker Horror and it would still draw you your whole deck. <laughs> there's literally no reason to play a bad doomsday
0: pile <laughs> nah but this one is too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah this is the mind sculptors I'm Cal
1: I'm also here and yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> I'm over here <laughs>
2: bye.